0: Hello and welcome back to 15 Minutes of Fascism, your weekly news, analysis, and update podcast covering the global rise of the radical right. My name is Craig Johnson. Uh, Sorry about the absence last week. Uh, I took the week off. It's pretty nice. Uh, You know, not that a weekly podcast is, you know, overly burdensome, but it is what it is. Anyway, this week uh, we're going to be talking about some recently uncovered connections between militaries, Uh, both in the United States and Europe and the right wing. Uh, And we're going to be talking about some conspiracy theories that have been getting traction in the alt right in the United States, uh, as well as a little bit of a change of pace, uh, talking about some great sources. uh, If you are curious about the right wing and want to know more people who study them uh, in opposition to them. So first talking about these right wing military crossovers. Uh, it was recently discovered that one Private Melzer uh, of the United States Army uh, was communicating with a fascist group in England called the Order of the Nine Angles. Uh, it's a satanic right-wing neo-Nazi organization uh, that was planning attacks on U.S. troops. Uh, and uh, Private Melzer was actually providing them with this information uh, about you know, the location of of troops of actual united states military personnel uh so that they would be able to attack them um exactly what their motivation was uh remains unclear um it could have been some sort of false flag type thing uh or it could have been tied to their satanicness uh kind of interesting very strange uh not the typical things you see um uh, as i say much of the time in this podcast uh, most fascists and most right-wing people, uh, especially in the United States and Europe, are very deeply Christian. Uh, there are only a couple exceptions, uh, such as Saul Invictus, uh, a right-wing personality who was more prominent back in the 2016-2017 era of the alt-right, uh, who converted to his own version of some sort of Roman paganism. And then, you know, there are occasional intimations of paganism or Satanism uh, involving uh, the Nazis, like the actual Nazi party, and uh, neo-Nazis contemporarily. But most fascists, by and large, are Christians. Uh, another connection between the right wing and the military, or in this case, the police, um, a Chicago police officer, Robert Backer, B-A-K-K-E-R, uh, is apparently a member of the Proud Boys, uh, an organization that I talk about a lot in this podcast, probably the most advanced and dangerous of the United States fascist organizations, uh, founded by Gavin McGinnis, founded and still led by Gavin McGinnis, uh, internet and otherwise sort of tastemakery personality. Um, and another group or another person, uh, in the United States military, a Sergeant Brian Jackson of the California National Guard is also being investigated for possible Proud Boy affiliation. Uh, Jackson was deployed in California uh, during the deployment of the California National Guard uh, in the wake of the uh, protests against the murder of George Floyd. Um, Now, these two affiliations aren't surprising at all. uh, If you have been paying attention to uh, how fascism develops or the relationship between fascism and the police and the military, Uh, that relatively low ranking members of the military or the police uh, would be right-wing affiliated you know that shouldn't really surprise anybody at this point frankly um and that they would be affiliated with the proud boys is even less surprising uh if only because the proud boys are pretty extensive uh, especially in urban areas uh and in rural areas particularly on the west coast um now something maybe a little bit more disturbing uh is that um one of Germany's elite special forces units, uh, known by its German acronym the KSK, uh, is going to be disbanded um, because it turns out that uh, it's been completely overrun by far-right extremists. Like it consists of far-right extremists, uh, its officers intentionally recruited fascists. Um, again, this is Germany, this is Germany, uh, one of the most anti-fascist governments on earth. Um, A place where, you know, one of the countries that experienced fascism, that was ruled by fascism, that actually took a pretty serious stance in reckoning with its fascist past. Uh, And so the defense minister is disbanding the unit. Uh, The triggering event for disbanding the unit uh, was the discovery uh, of a uh, trove, quote, trove. This is from a New York Times article on the subject of Nazi memorabilia and stolen armaments. uh, And that this uh, collection of memorabilia and arms was controlled by a former leader of the recruitment for this group. um, And that it turns out that this affiliation is pretty widespread uh, amongst the members of the unit. So fortunately, that was found out. But um, it's not as if disbanding this one particular unit or finding this one particular set of uh, Nazi-affiliated or Nazi-sympathizing members of the German military means that that sort of thing is over. Uh, It's very definitely not. Uh, Unfortunately, we can expect more of that in the future. And the next thing that I wanted to talk about was an increasingly prominent uh, conspiracy theory uh, that you see on the alt-right Twitter you know, many of the more prominent alt-right Twitter handles uh, in the United States, especially. Uh, There are two main conspiracy theories going around. One of them is about, you know, the supposed suppression of their opinions. and The other one is about Jared Kushner. Uh, Now, these conspiracies about uh, the supposed suppression of their opinions uh, stems from the fact that uh, several online, like, media outlets from YouTube to Reddit uh, have gotten a lot more serious about cracking down on these particular voices. Uh so some of them are people like Stephen Molyneux, uh, who is a sort of like self-help guru slash media personality slash talking head in the alt-right world. Um, he himself is middle-aged, um, but is relatively popular. Uh, another person would be uh, people like Mike Cernovich uh, or Gavin McGinnis, uh, who have had um, you know media that they've made removed from platforms, um, who have had their accounts disbanded or, or um, eliminated from YouTube. Uh, now these things happened on their from their perspective without warning, uh, but the fact, of course, is that uh, their hate speech has been in violation of most online platforms. Policies for the entirety of their existence, uh, and that enforcing these things uh, sort of was a long time coming. Uh, it's actually really unfortunate that it took so long, because the alt right is extremely good at recruiting people online. Uh, they actually get a lot of traction from people online. Uh, the other conspiracy theory that I want to talk about uh, regards the person of Jared Kushner. Uh, this is Trump's son-in-law, um, his daughter's husband uh who if you've been paying attention to u s politics, you will know uh has had a pretty unjustifiably large role uh in the trump administration uh since its inception. uh He has been in charge of things from the covid nineteen response to plans for peace in the middle east uh and this despite the fact that he has pretty much no qualifications for this whatsoever, uh, is pretty clear plutocracy right uh now from the alt rights perspective. Uh, They have started to blame Kushner for any failings of Trump, uh, specifically for big strategic blunders uh, like his failure to deal with the coronavirus successfully or his failure to successfully pin it on China. Um, Blaming Kushner in this respect uh, is both just the production of a scapegoat, uh, but it's also a dog whistle um, because Kushner is Jewish. Uh, And his being Jewish means that blaming him, making him the scapegoat in the Trump administration is just it's just anti-Semitism. It's an anti-Semitic dog whistle uh, that clearly identifies the person making this claim as anti-Semitic and as a fellow traveler of fascists and uh, members of the right wing uh, all over the world. Now, if. The situation continues as it is going now, and Trump's polling numbers remain extremely low. We can expect this kind of narrative, specifically the one in which certain people in the Trump administration are specifically targeted for blame for his failure, or even ultimately his loss of the presidency. And we can expect those people to be targeted based upon their membership in groups that the alt-right or fascists or the right-wing in general targets. Uh, namely Jewish people, women, uh, members of other minority or oppressed groups, such as sexual or gender minorities, um, and uh, religious and ethnic minorities. And this is something that we're going to have to be paying attention to uh, as we continue to move closer to the 2020 election. All right, now the last thing that I want to talk about today, uh, uh, like I said, as a little change of pace, Uh, are some other outlets that you should be looking at if you want to know more about the rise of fascism all over the world. Uh, I'm just going to talk about three. There are dozens, hundreds uh, across the world. These ones focus mostly on the United States. Uh, One that you probably actually have heard of is the Southern Poverty Law Center, the SPLC. Uh, The Southern Poverty Law Center uh, began as a legal defense effort um, during the civil rights movement. Uh, It's headquartered in the South in Montgomery, Alabama. Uh, Currently, one of its biggest projects, uh, and this has been the case for decades, uh, has been its maintenance of a database and a series of researchers uh, researching hate groups in the United States. Um, Usually when a group is defined as a hate group, uh, it means, I mean, usually the media operates off of the SPLC's definitions of these things. Uh, So the Proud Boys were seriously hurt by when the SPLC identified them as a hate group, as a a group that promotes hate. Now, the SPLC is pretty mainstreamy when it comes to its politics. Uh, This is why it, you know, uses concepts like a hate group or hate speech. Uh, These are things that are sort of mainstream liberalism, mainstream progressivism palatable. Um... Uh, However, their scholarship is extremely excellent, uh, and their work is very good. Um, They've uh, increasingly, in the last few years, uh, even started to pay more attention to male supremacist organizations, uh, which is a good uh, change in their politics. It's a good adaptation to the rise of male supremacist organizations and male supremacist violence. Uh, A group that you probably haven't heard of, um, but which does deserve some attention and support, is uh, the... Public Research Associates, PRA. Um, PRA is a specifically academic, journalistic organization. Uh, And what they do is they research uh, the right wing. Um, Again, they were formed uh, in the 1960s and 70s. Uh, In this case, they were looking at the transformation of the right wing in the United States in the direction of Christian conservatism uh, and a sort of like new reactionary part of the right wing uh, that has come to be called the new right. Um, PRA uh, straddles the line between uh, political and academic advocacy. Um, It's an organization run by researchers uh, and what they do is they put out reports and perform investigations. Um, PRA definitely deserves some attention there. They produce really, really excellent scholarship and journalism about the right wing. Lastly, um, if you happen to be located in the state of California and are interested in sort of more uh, grainy, detailed, immediate analysis about the right wing, um, uh, and if you are a Twitter user, uh, then you should be looking at Left Coast Right Watch, uh, which is an a politically anarchist outlet uh, coming out of California and Oregon uh, that specifically looks at, like, right-wing activity in those states uh not exclusively but primarily in those states uh in washington oregon and california Uh, and this is the place that you would go to find out about the right-wing affiliation of counter protesters at a protest in those places Um, this is the sort of place where images of right-wing protesters are taken and identified so that those people can be identified uh, and stopped from you know, continuing to work for the police department for example. Um, now again these folks are a lot more explicitly political and their politics is anarchism uh, and they're doing really really incredible work uh, in terms of identifying members of the right uh, and informing people about them as a public danger. All right thanks for listening and I'll talk to you again next week.